We're in Ephesians chapter 1. We're still there. Six weeks later, just rushing through Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Good to see you guys. Beautiful day. Good day to be in worshiping God. Amen. Amen. Well, today's message is entitled Paul's Prayer. As we've been looking into... uh, the Ephesian church and God encouraging us in our position in Christ. That in order for us to live a, a victorious life in Christ Jesus, you've got to understand your position in Jesus Christ. And that's the beauty of the book of Ephesians. Chapters 1 through 3 give us our position in Christ, shows us everything that we have access to, and then chapters 4, 5, and 6 is practical application of how to live, knowing who we believe in, and knowing our position in Christ. And when you know your position in Christ and all that He's done for you, guess what? You're going to be on fire for Jesus. You're going to serve Jesus. You're going to be willing to do anything He asks you to do. Why? Because He's your Lord and Savior. And He's worth it, isn't He? And so today we're going to be, we're actually going to finish the chapter. We're going to be uh, looking at verses 15 through 23. Let's read 15 and 16 and get started. Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and the love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Father, we thank you uh, for the word of God. We thank you that as soon as we start praying, you have an ear to hear us. And you're never far away. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us, that you dwell inside us. We're the temple of the living God. Oh, Lord, speak to us right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to everyone's heart here, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, man, this is such a great portion of Scripture. It's exciting to me and for the very fact that it's Paul's prayer. And if you look at Paul's prayers, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. If you go through all the epistles of Paul and you just see this guy was like, Praying for you without ceasing. Praying for you without ceasing. Praying for all the saints in Ephesus. Praying for all the saints here. Praying for all the saints there. This guy had this amazing prayer list that he did daily. And because he spent time with the Lord, God used him mightily because that's where we get our strength, guys. When we're in the Word, when we're communing with God, when we find ourselves getting alone with God, that's where we get our strength. There's power in prayer. There's nothing greater than prayer. I mean, to think that we in a moment can go boldly before the throne of grace and petition our needs and our wants and our prayers for others to the true and living God is mind-blowing to me. The greatest wireless connection, email. There's nothing better. And you have access. You could go anywhere with those prayers. And through those prayers, God reveals Himself to us. Through reading the Word of God, God reveals Himself to us and reveals just His desires for us, His grace, His mercy, His love. And guys, I want to encourage you to up your prayer life because as we up our prayer life, oh my gosh. Guys, I'll tell you what. The enemy has duped the church. The enemy has gotten us so busy I like what my brother says over in Oahu, uh, too busy, T-O-O-B-U-S-Y, too overly occupied being under Satan's yoke. If, If Satan can't stop you from serving God, he will make you so busy you don't have time for God. And what was the warning to the church of Ephesus in chapter 2 of Revelation? 
You guys are doing great work, so I applaud you. I like what you're doing, but I have something against you. You left your first love. They got so busy serving the king, they forgot to spend time with the king. And with our busy schedules, we could be doing the same thing. And not realizing that, you know, the power that we need, the strength that we need, all comes through prayer. But if we're not praying, we're not going to receive that strength. I don't know about you. I don't know what you're going through. I, I don't need to know what you're going through. But all I know is God knows what you're going through. And the more you spend time with him, the more he's going to help you through it. And so a quick recap before we get into the, the prayer of Paul. The, the first uh, 14 verses, we saw Paul's greeting. We saw Paul giving us our position, showing us our position in Christ, telling us how God sees us. And he lists these three different things, how God sees us in the past, how God sees us in the present, how God sees us in the future. And in the past, he speaks to the Father. In the present, he speaks of Jesus himself. And in the future, the, the speaking of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside every believer. So in the past, the Father sees you and me chosen, predestined. He picked you before the foundations of the world. I think that should excite you. Why? Because God doesn't pick losers. He picks winners. You say, well, that's kind of weird that he picked me. Yeah, he picked you. You have free will. You always had free will, but you got to remember, God knows everything. So he knew that you were going to pick him before the foundations of the world. So he chose you. He predestined you. He picked you. And then how God sees us in the present. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He paid for our sins at the cross. That is so awesome. And by giving our life to Jesus Christ and asking for forgiveness of sin and committing ourselves to who he is and, and what he's done, we're born again. And that's how God sees us right now. And then the future, God sees us sealed by the promise of the Spirit, a guarantee, the earnest guarantee that we're going to heaven. Hello. This place is not your home. You're a pilgrim passing through. We just All we got to do is we got a job, and that's to spread the gospel and get people, lead them to Christ. Share the love of God. That's all you need to do. It's not a matter of how many, well, I shared with everybody and, and nobody's accepting Jesus. I feel defeated. You're not defeated. Your, your victory was that you opened your mouth about the love of God. And God says, add a boy, add a girl. That's what I wanted you to do. That's, that's all I asked you to do. Whether they get saved, that's my deal. It's not yours. It's his. And so we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, this earnest guarantee. And that guarantee tells you this, that you are part of the body of Christ. It tells you that God bought you. It says God's seal is on you. And that seal says he's going to make sure you get to the destination. And that's good news. Amen? Oh, man. And so now we come to this portion of prayer and we see Paul's prayer. And Paul's prayers are so powerful and we need to understand the power of prayer. Let me ask you something. Do you pray as much as you worry? Are you setting time aside, apart, to come apart with Jesus? See, if you don't come apart with Jesus, you'll fall apart. And it's through that time that we sit alone with him by ourselves. And we not only ask him for the desires of our heart, but we actually listen. We stop talking. 
And it's those times that God strengthens us to get through this nutty world. And just when you thought it couldn't get any crazier, it got crazier. And the only peace that we have is a peace that passes understanding, resting in the Lord Jesus Christ and trusting. He's going to see us through it. I encourage you guys to pray before you even get out of bed in the morning. I talk to people, I say, you know, you're praying? They go, yeah, I pray every night. And I say to them, I'll tell you what, if you started praying in the morning, you probably wouldn't have to pray so much at night for what happened during the day. Get up in the morning and talk to God. And, you know, it's okay to ask for things. That's what we're called to do. But what I encourage you to do is to wake up and say, Lord, I'm reporting for duty. Where are we going today? What are we doing? Lord, I got some plans, but come in and mess them all up. I want to know what you want me to do. We have been given so many resources from God by the power of the Holy Spirit to be blessed and to bless others. And isn't it awesome when you feel God working in your life? Have you ever felt that when you're just doing something or ministering to somebody or, or you, God's got you in a place and all of a sudden you just feel the power of God, His hand upon you, and you're doing stuff and you're like, this is mind-blowing. Only God could set this up. Sharing with somebody and they start asking you questions about Jesus and all of a sudden verses are just rolling off your tongue and afterwards you're like, man, I was good. Well, that wasn't you. That was the Holy Spirit. That was the Holy Spirit bringing into remembrance. It's so cool when you stop and think about that. And guys, I'll tell you what, when you're facing hard times or you're dealing with difficult situations, you don't have to plan what you're going to say. God tells us in His Word that when you face rulers and leaders and those that will come against you and, and those who will say things against you, don't rehearse what you're going to say. He says, let the Holy Spirit take over. I had a brother a couple of weeks ago. He, was, he, he called me up and, and he goes to this church. He comes to the other service and he said, i got to do a, a funeral. And I've been asked to speak at it. And he goes, you got any verses for me? And I said, of course I got verses. And then I felt the Lord say to me, uh, don't give him any verses. Just tell him, get in the zone. And so I said to him, dude, you know what? The Lord's put into my heart, just get in the zone. And he's going to put words in your mouth. And he was a little nervous about that. And I said, don't worry about it. I'm going to pray for you. We'll be praying for you. And then he came back last weekend at the service and he was telling me how amazing it was. That he just prayed and he felt the Holy Spirit come upon him. And he started just sharing the love of God. And he was telling me about all the people that were affected and touched by it. Guys, God just needs to get you in the zone. Don't worry about what you say. You're like, oh, I don't know a lot of verses. It's okay. You have the Holy Spirit just like I do. The same Spirit that's in me is in you. And you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Oh, man, I love it. But, you know, one of the difficult things that for you and me is when God tells us, hey, I want you to go over there. I want you to do this. And you're like, I don't know. I don't really. That doesn't seem like it. it it's, can you just do what he says? See, you know, our nature is this. Well, what's the rest of the plan? You're just giving me uh, plan A. What's B, C, and D? I want to know my target. I know, what I know my objective. I want to hit the target, nail it, and get out of there. What's, what's, the, what's the whole plan? And God says, no, I'm not giving you the whole plan. You need to be obedient. You, you perform plan A, then I will give you plan B. I think sometimes if he gave us the whole plan, we wouldn't go. We're like, oh, no, not, not a good plan. And not trusting in him. Are we really trusting 
in God for everything? Are we obeying what He's putting on our hearts to do? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior? Or is He just your Savior? And you haven't made Him your Lord. If He's your Lord, you do whatever He says. Whenever He says. Listen, this life can wear us down. But if you stop and imagine how rich you are in Christ, you're going to get through this life. These first three chapters of Ephesians shows the richness that we have in Jesus Christ and how much we have available to us and access, the resources that we have at our fingertips. And many of us don't understand it because we haven't been reading our Bible. And the more you read your Bible, the more you're going to understand the resources that you have at your fingertips. And you're going to be strengthened. And when this world beats you down, when your job beats you down, when the government beats you down, you're going to be encouraged because there's one person that's not going to beat you down, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the next time you're down on yourself, the next time you're depressed and defeated, read Ephesians. Jack yourself up. Surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. You submit yourself unto God and He's going to do amazing things through you. But He's not going to force you. He needs you to surrender and allow Him to work. Listen to this from Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Hello! You know what the problem is with a living sacrifice? is that you can get yourself up there on the altar for Jesus, but then you could also crawl off the altar. He's looking for someone to get up on that altar and stay there and be used by Him in every capacity. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed to the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Oh my gosh, I love that. Verse 15 tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, Wherefore I also, Paul speaking, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. He's the, these, these Ephesians love the people of God. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And once again, I just draw your attention to prayer and the importance of prayer and the huge prayer list that Paul had and the power of prayer. The, prayer, the power of prayer that you and I have, guess what? We can go anywhere in the world right now. We have missions in Africa and Costa Rica and Mexico and Philippines and, and uh, uh, Sri Lanka and India. We could go to India right now. Right now. Have you ever been to India? We can go there right now. Pastor Jay's over there. Just spoke with him this morning. And uh, they're going through horrific stuff over there. But right now, we can just bow our hearts and say, Lord, bless Pastor Jay and the pastors, Lord God. Put a hedge of protection around them. Protect them against the enemy protect them against uh, disease and pestilence, Lord God, and bring forth the resources that they need to spread the love of Jesus all around India in Jesus' name. Amen. We just went to India. You're like, come on, Steve. Oh, the Bible tells me that I can go boldly before the throne of grace. If I can go boldly before the throne of grace, I can go to India through a prayer. That's the amazing thing about prayer. Pray to God without ceasing. Pray for everyone. 
Because if I don't have a good relationship with God, I'm not going to have a good relationship with man. If I'm not praying, praying regularly with God, how can I have a great relationship with man? Because by spending time with the Lord, it's going to give me strength. Strengthening myself on the vertical will strengthen me on the horizontal to love, to forgive, to let go of bitterness, to care for people, to share the love of God. Oh my good goodness, man, I tell you, remember to pray without ceasing. Many of you have been praying for something for years. Sometimes we pray and God answers our prayer like, right then, it's so cool, I love that. I just don't like waiting. Sometimes we wait a couple of weeks. Sometimes we wait a couple of years. Some people have been praying for the same thing 10, 20 years. Don't stop praying. Pray without ceasing. Why? Because Revelation chapter 5, verse 8 tells me this, that the elders are standing before the throne of God with the bowls of the prayers of the saints. Bowls of the prayers of the saints? What does that tell me? I don't know about you, but I think something's filling up those bowls, and that's the prayers of the saint. And maybe God hasn't answered your prayer, but maybe one more prayer will spill out a blessing as that bowl overflows before the throne of God. In verse 16, he says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of Him. Isn't that what we really want? The more we know Him, the stronger we're going to be. There's three things that Paul prays for us here in this into this chapter without ceasing. Number one, that we would have a greater, more intimate knowledge of the Lord. Number two, that we would know the hope of His calling in our lives. And number three, that we may know the exceeding greatness of His power. Paul is praying for spiritual things for you and me. And those are way greater than material things, guys. Way greater than material things that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. For us asking God to reveal to us by the Holy Spirit the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of His grace, the understanding of His mercy, to know how He feels about us, to know what He will do for us, to understand how He sees us. His desires for us are all found in His Word. That's why we encourage you to read the Word of God. Verse 18, he says, that your eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of His calling and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Man, we got to unpack that verse because there's some stuff in there. Man, first off, he says that we would have the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. And, and your version might say the eyes of your heart. It's much deeper than the, the eyes of your mind. You could read the Bible and say, I read the Bible. You can, might even be able to quote some scripture. You have knowledge. But that doesn't mean anything. You've got to believe with your heart. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart... It's, it's the heart of understanding. It's the heart of truth. God is trying to reach your heart, not just your mind. Is He getting to your heart? And what do you know for sure? Do you know the promises of God? Do you know where you're going? 
Do you know his desires for you? What do you know for sure? Well, I know this. I'm born again. How do you know? Because I turn from my wicked ways. I ask Jesus to come into my life. I change my mind of who I thought he was. I realize he was the creator. I, I confess my sins to him, and I know that I'm going to heaven. I know he's going to finish the good work he started. How do I know that? Through the word of God and prayer. So important. You know, we were all born spiritually blind. Did you know that? See, the wages of sin is death, and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born into sin because Adam and Eve sinned. And because they sinned, we, were, we inherited that sinful nature, that fleshly nature, when we were born. We're all descendants of Adam and Eve. So Jesus did the impossible. He came down from heaven, clothed in flesh, dwelt among us, and died on the cross for our sins. He paid that price. And we were spiritually blind before we came to Jesus. But then when we came to Jesus, our eyes were open. That's why you see so clearly. That's why when you watch the news, you go, are you kidding me? Because you see, you go, that, this is crazy. People are believing this. That's the Holy Spirit bearing witness in your heart. When you talk to somebody and they bring up something that's not in the Bible, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings into remembrance, hey, that's not in the Word of God. Show me it. They can't. The power of the Holy Spirit. We were all born spiritually blind, but when we gave our life to Jesus Christ, He opened our eyes to an understanding in our heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all the things, yea, the deep things of God. So the unbelievers don't see what we see, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, He's revealed those things. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says this, But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why when you try to talk to your friends about something, sometimes you guys get a little crazy. Sometimes you forget, just share the gospel. And you start going, yeah, you start going into hell and revelation and demons, and, and they're like, whoa, stop! They're not ready for that. Okay, you're going to blow them out of the water. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit. It's foolishness unto him. Neither can he know it because why? He spiritually doesn't know how to discern those things. But you do. John 14, 25 says this, These things I have spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things into remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Isn't that cool? So when somebody gives you that million-dollar question about Jesus, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit brings the remembrance of verse and you nail it. You'd be like, yeah. Throw another one at me. And God is working in you and through you. Remember reading, I don't know, maybe you didn't. But I did. I, I remember reading parts of the Bible before I got saved, and I was just like clueless. What is that? What is that? But after I got saved, I was like, wow, look at that. Look at that. You know, I think about the Apostle Paul. This was a guy that memorized Scripture. This was a guy that memorized the first five books of the Bible. Can you imagine Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy memorizing it? He had a knowledge and an understanding of the Bible like nobody in his time, but when the Holy Spirit came upon him, 
Oh my gosh, his eyes were open in such a way he became a nuclear weapon for Christ. Seeing the Scripture deeper than ever before. Whew. John 16, 12 says, I have yet many things to say unto you, Jesus speaking to His disciples, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when He, the Spirit of truth, is come, He will guide you in all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever you shall hear, that shall He speak, He will show you things to come. We need to understand that we will never understand the Bible apart from the Holy Spirit. So that's the importance of you before you read the Word of God to pray before you read. Open up the book, think about what you're going to read, and then say, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of my understanding. Look at that second part there in, in, chapter, in verse 18. It says that you may know what is the hope of His calling. Do you know your calling? Do you understand your calling? I'm often asked by people, what is my calling? What is God calling me to do? And I go, I don't know. I know what He's calling me to do. I don't know what He's calling you to do, but I can pray with you, and we can pray that God will reveal to you what He's called you to do. Colossians 1.27 says this, To whom God will make known what is the riches of His glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, if you're seeking God, He will reveal His calling for you. But you need to understand something. That calling that He has for you may not be what you want. Are you okay with that? You may have high expectations, a missionary, an evangelist, a preacher, up on the worship team, but God might be saying to you right now, but are you willing to clean a bathroom at the church? Are you willing to be, go, be going be boldly before the throne in the ladies' room? Right? He might be saying that to you right now. Because listen, if, if, if you're not going to be faithful in the little things, you won't be faithful in the big things. If you're not willing to, to go next door to share the love of God with your neighbor, then why would God send you on a mission trip to send it to a bunch of people in a village? And God is calling each and every one of you. And we should, we should be willing to say, Lord, whatever you have me to do, I'll do. I'll, I'll scrub toilets, I'll clean the floors, I'll pick up, I'll do children's ministry, I'll do whatever. Just, Lord, give me the strength to get out of the boat and walk on water. It is Christ in you that is the hope of His glory. We know where we're going. His gifts are given without repentance to us. We have confident expectations that He's going to see us through this world that He will keep His promises and He will reveal His calling to you. And then the third thing I want to look at in verse 18, He says there, and the riches of His glory of the inheritance of His inheritance in the saints. What is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Oh my gosh! You can read that and go right by that, but I'll tell you what, we're going to stop and look at that. God is excited of his inheritance in the saints. Hello? Now we all know we have inheritance. All this stuff, our inheritance is Jesus Christ. We've got an inheritance in heaven. We got a new body coming. We got a place that's prepared for us. We got all kinds of riches in Christ Jesus. And then he says he's excited about his inheritance in us. And you got to say to yourself, what do I got to offer? 
What do I have that God is so excited about? What is His inheritance in me? You ready for it? That He's going to receive from you love and praises throughout eternity. That's what excites Him. That's what excites Him more than anything at all. He's going to receive love from you and praises throughout eternity. Isn't that what you, you, don't you want your children to love you? Isn't that good enough? I mean, you know, you know, you, you talk to people and you say, you know, you ever talk to somebody who just had their first grandkid? And you're like, oh, you got a grandkid, congratulations. They go, yeah. And they pull out their wallet and they go, and all these pictures are all out. You're like, oh, wow, you got a grandkid. <laughs> God's up in heaven. He goes, check this out. Takes out his wallet and just goes, and it goes off for miles. He's going, yeah, look at my kids. He's my kids. He's my kids. He's so excited about it. He's crazy about you. Is that, that's crazy. That God is crazy about me. He's crazy about you. Do you know you are the only creation that was made in His image? And when we get to heaven, we'll be like Him. And we won't be able to sin. Oh my gosh. It's just around the corner, guys. I think Jesus is coming really soon. Verse 19 says this. He says, And what is the exceeding and greatness of His power towards us who believe according to the working of His mighty power? which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and He set Him on His own right hand in heavenly places. Oh, the power of God. The power of God. Do you understand the power of God? There is nothing greater than the power of God. And because we are created in His image, it says to us here in Philippians 3.10, it says that I may know Him. Do you want to know Jesus? that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection. Man, we want that. We want that power, don't we? We want that Holy Spirit power. We want to know Him, and we want to have the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings? Well, I don't want that. No greater love than a man lay down his life for a friend. And that's what he did. He paid the price for us at the cross. He laid down his life for you and me. And in order for him to do that, that means you and I that were forgiven were blessed. And the one that did the work, Jesus Christ, had to pay a price. He paid a debt that he didn't owe because we had a debt that we couldn't pay. To know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Powerful stuff powerful stuff that we would understand that his resurrection power is in you the same power that raised jesus from the dead is going to raise you from the dead the same holy spirit power that he had is in you grab onto it own it take advantage of it it's there for your use to further the kingdom for his glory verse 22 or actually 21 excuse me he says for above all principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over, over all things in the church, which is the body of the fullness of him that filleth all in all. He talks about that he is now seated, Jesus is seated at the right hand 
in heavenly places, far above all principalities, powers, mights, and dominion. What is he talking about there? He's talking about angelic ranks. That in heaven we have angels that have ranks. There's generals, there's sergeants, there's privates. There's the just plain ordinary angels. There's seraphim and cherubim. And there's ranks. And he created all those things. And he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's above all those things. And so verse 22. And he has put all those things under his feet and gave, that, and gave him to be head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. If you want to see Jesus worldwide, you got to look at his body, his church. Because God reveals himself to the world through his body, through his church. Isn't that cool? He uses you and me to show people who Jesus is. So when they look in our eyes, they see Jesus. Now that's awesome. And it's a little bit convicting. Am I representing Jesus? Am I representing Jesus the way he would want me to? So how would he want me to? Love. That's it. We'll close with that. It's love. Do you love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Or you still hate your neighbor? Maybe somebody's wronged you. They've said things about you that aren't true. Can you let it go? Can you love? Maybe there's a bitterness that's inside of you. Something that happened in the past. Someone did something awful to you. I get that. It hurts. But can you let go of it? Can you pray for them? takes love to pray for them. And many of us know that we're supposed to pray for our enemies, right? So what do we do? We say, oh, Lord, bless so-and-so. Bless Frank. Lord, I just love him. Just pray a hedge of protection around him. Pray your blessings fall upon him. And God goes, huh? You don't feel like that at all. I know everything. You don't feel like that. So I want to encourage you guys, just be real with God. Uh, Lord, I hate Frank's guts. I don't want nothing to do with him, and if you want to take him home, I'd be okay with that. And God goes, I know that's how you feel, but you've got to change. Keep praying for him. And then you know what happens? I get to a place where I'm like, you know what? Frank's not so bad. I understand. He sees things differently than I do. Lord, I just, I just pray that you would change my heart about Frank. And then pretty soon I'm praying for Frank, and I'm like, Lord, I just love the guy. I really do. Be real with God. Remember, the greatest thing that we can do is love. Love the Lord God and love our neighbor. And Paul summed it all up, that the fruit of the Spirit, the, fruit, the proof that you have the Holy Spirit in you is that you love. And with loving, you forgive. And you move forward. You don't hold grudges against people. You let it go. And you pray for them. And you pray that God would heal and restore. Amen? Father, we thank you for just reminding us of who you are. 
and what amazing things we have available to us as children of God. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. We've got a whole week ahead of us. And we pray that you would do a work in us and through us that we could bless someone else, bless the community, and all glory would go to you. Thank you that you even see fit to use us. Lord, strengthen us. In Jesus' name, amen.